want to ask three questions. Um, why are you here? Who do you know? And what do you know? Um, and, and I just want to jump into the life of, uh, life of Joseph to help us unpack this. So, um, so we know the story of Joseph in the book of, uh, in the book of Genesis. Let me just open my notes here. Got too excited talking about um, talking about my family and my grandkids. That oh well, you know. <laughs> so we know that Joseph started with a vision. Joseph had these dreams, and in the dreams he saw sheaves of wheat, and these sheaves of wheat were bowing down. All his brothers, they were bowing down to him, and uh, he had another dream where the sun and the moon. They were all bowing down to him. Um, it's from Genesis chapter 47, uh, 37 to about 47, the story of, of, of Joseph. And what, what happened is that his brothers thought, well, this lighty is getting a bit excited about who he is. Um, in fact, one of his brothers said, let's kill him. And the other one said, no, uh, it's going to be a bit bad. So <laughs> let's throw him in a pit sell him as a slave. And, and you have to understand the family dynamics here. R remember that, um, remember that th their father was Jacob. And remember Jake, Jacob um, fell in love with Rachel and worked for seven years and eventually got married to Leah. And he was tricked by his uncle. <laughs> and then worked another seven years and then married the love of his life, Rachel. And then Leah was a lot more fruitful than, um, uh, than, than Rachel. And so the first 10 sons were all born by Leah. And then Joseph and his younger brother Benjamin, they were born by Rachel. They were, and, and of course, um, uh, who am I talking about now? <laughs> Jacob was so excited about these two young ones that he, they were the obvious favorites. And so there was a lot of jealousy and issues in the family, and, 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 and hence we get this weird family dynamic. Now, Joseph gets thrown into the pit. He goes to Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife accuses him of rape. He ends up in the prison, and then eventually ends up in the palace when he learns how to interpret Pharaoh's dreams and becomes the second most powerful person in probably the most powerful country at that time. So this is Joseph's career story, right? I mean, how crazy is that? From the pit, to Potiphar's house as a slave, to prison, and then suddenly to prime minister. So, so I, think, I think there's just something powerful there. And, 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 and I'll go through my story just now as well. But through the series, what I feel like the Lord is saying to us as a house is that He's got our careers in his hands. So sometimes you've got this vision of, hey, sun, moon, you guys are going to bow down to me. You know, <laughs> all my brothers, you guys are going to bow down to me. A and then life happens, you know. Um, and, and we feel like that vision that I saw is not coming through today. And, and I really, and, and I want to echo what, um, um, what Pastor Andrew was saying, that let's hold fast to the vision that God has given us. Let's keep pressing in. Let's keep kicking down those, uh, 
those those doors. I don't know if you guys were watching uh, Patience during the worship. <laughs> Every time she'd sing that, no, no wall, you won't kick down. She like literally kick down. So come second service, stand in front and watch Patience do that song. <laughs> so let me let me tell you my little story. Um, I graduated at Rhodes, and and that was important for me because. That's where I found spiritual family. Um, I I uh, was very involved in uh, uh, his people, Gramstown, which is now Every Nation Gramstown, part of our larger church family. And one of the things that we con- continually spoke about or were taught was God hasn't brought us here just to pay bills and die, right? God's actually got a plan for our lives. He's got vision. He's got destiny. And that was 20 years ago. I was in first year 20 years ago. Feeling old. Oh, press in. Um, and then after that, I went and I, um, I got a job at Standard Bank, um, which um, was very scary. So um, uh, Bianca actually knows the environment that I, I, I worked in. Uh, she works for a similar team in Standard Bank, but it was a um, it was a really demanding job. Every week I thought, this week, in my first year, I thought, this week I'm going to quit. It's it. I'm going to go home. I'm going to stay in my mother's house and maybe think about doing masters or something. But I'm then the next week I thought, this week they're going to fire me for sure. They are going to get rid of me. Um, so that was my dramatic first year of work. And then um, my second year, all of a sudden, everything clicked. And one of the things I just remember in that December of end of my first year, just praying, um, fasting over my career, and, and just saying, God, you know, I just, I just break whatever issues there are between my boss and I. We're just not clicking. And I just release your favor over our relationship. And the next year, it was amazing. It really was. Uh, my second year at Standard Bank was fantastic. Um, clients were loving me. I was having fun. The team was uh, j- were gelling as a team. And then, um, and then the third year, I thought, you know, I got this. I'm fantastic at this. This is such an easy job. I'm actually going to just chill and relax. And um, got, l- got lazy. And uh, that was a bad time to get lazy. Because guess what? At the end of that year, there was retrenchments. And, and, um, and I think out of a team of maybe like 80 or 100 people, about 12 of us were told, guys, there's no more space for you. Uh, you need to go. And that was like a stab in the heart. And, um, um, but praise God, like Joseph, he had a plan for me. And, and I stepped into a small firm called Quartal Capital, and they were doing um, corporate finance, mergers and acquisitions advisory. So we were advising clients to buy and sell companies. And we did some fantastic transactions. Um, The PIC, which is the largest asset manager on the continent, they managed the government employee pension fund. They brought us on board to, um, to advise them on some great projects like really huge projects with billions of rands. And, um, and, and really, it was a fantastic time. And, and um, I remember there, I, um, I was even 
won an award, top of top in corporate finance, um, uh, given by APSIP, um, Association of Black Investment and Securities Professionals. So that was fantastic. But there were some relational issues there, and, um, and I was looking for something global, and so I joined International Housing Solutions. We um, basically, what um, IHS does that uh, they lend money to developers to build houses. And so we, we put together a fund. It was a, a billion rand fund. Um, there were about 30,000 houses that, um, that we think that that, that fund is going to build over time. Um, I joined that firm because I was convinced it was time to go overseas. And that was in 2007, 2008. The global financial crisis happened. And so our shareholders in the U.S. went from 200 people in the U.S. to 20 people in the U.S. It was really dramatic. Um, but the South African office kept growing, and we did well, but there was obviously no move. I, re I remember that in that season, I was really excited. I was like, babes, it's time to go overseas. We're going to do this thing. America, the land of dreams, the land of plenty. And Jolly was like, ah, baby, I'm not feeling this, eh? I'm not feeling this. And we'd pray about it. And I'd be like, and she'd be like, mm, what is God saying? And I was like, mm, I don't know, but I'm going to America. <laughs> and, um, and then the financial crisis happened. And to this day, I'm like, did Jesus and my wife cause the financial crisis so that I don't move to the U.S.? I certainly hope not. <laughs> so then I um I joined uh, I joined Katie's about seven years ago, um and um and uh, it, it was a company which I'd worked with when I was in Cortal Capital and and again back to corporate finance back to helping our clients buy and sell companies and um, and about four months ago I was um I was phoned up by the CEO of uh, Vunani Limited. Um, it's a listed financial services firm. And they said, hey, come and join us. Come and head our team. Uh, we want to grow and build a, a corporate finance team. So I was really, um, I was really honored to, uh, to be given that call. And so I start there on Monday. So really, really excited about that. <laughs> so, so I'm telling you that as a backdrop to kind of some of what I've learned through my career um, in, in terms of what I feel like God is saying to us. And I think the first thing that God is saying to us is, why are you here? What is the vision for your career? We know that the, the word says that, you know, without a vision, the people throw off restraint. So Proverbs tells us that if we don't have a vision, we're kind of just aimlessly walking around. And, and so I want to encourage us, let's think about why God has called us into our industry, why God has called us to do the things that he's called us to. Um, for me, uh, about, about five years ago, I remember reading a book. He, he encouraged in his book to, to look at really long-term vision, to say, right at the end of your life, what do you hope to achieve? Um, and... And it was, a, it was a scary thing for me. But what I believe God started speaking into my heart is what I call vision one million plus one million. 
And, and for me, that is, by the end of my career, I'm hoping to see that the work that I've done has helped one million people out of poverty and has helped create one million jobs. So I was like, wow, okay, God. That's, so it's actually taken me like five years to, to, to accept this vision and actually start to speak it out and trust it and, and pray through it. And so the funny thing is, when you start to believe the vision that God has given you and you start to work with it, I actually started looking at, well, the work that I've done so far, if I'm going to get to one million, how far am I now, you know? And so I've been looking at that and, and, and through those companies that I showed you now, and the work that we've done, it's actually kind of looking at about 30 to 50,000 jobs have been created through the projects that I've worked in. You know, so I'm like, okay, God, this thing can actually happen. Um, I've got a long runway in front of me, and, um, and, and so I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. So, 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 so what I want to encourage us is, what is the vision that God has given us? We saw how Joseph's vision was for leadership. We saw how his vision to lead a nation saved a whole region out of famine. And so let's really engage with God to say, God, what is my vision for my career? Um, and, and it's much more than just me and my family. It's much more than paying bills. It's bringing God's kingdom to earth. And each of us have a role to play in that. So, so that's my... My first question, um, why are you here? Who do you know? Who do you know? And, um, and, and, you know, it's all about relationships. Part of my story is that all those firms, apart from Standard Bank, um, I got those jobs because I knew somebody or I knew somebody who knew somebody. Um, and it was a conversation about, hey, Sam, come and join us. Or, hey, I liked working with you a few years ago. Have you got an opening? Can I come and join you? And, and, and so I really want to encourage us to value the relationships that we have. Um, value the relationships that you have in your work, in your industry. I've actually got this thing where um, all the companies that I worked at, I've got this list of, okay, who are my colleagues in that firm? So I list all the colleagues. Who are my clients? Da, 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 da. Am I still in touch with them? Am I connected to them on LinkedIn? Because I believe that building my network, my career network, is such an important asset. Um, and, 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 and it's not just about building for me. It's also around being Christ to my colleagues, to my clients, to, to, um, um, to, to other people in the industry. So... You know, so, we, we spend so much time with the people at work. Um, and there's so much opportunity and scale to just minister to them, um, to really show love. And, and, and that was the great thing that um, as I was having my farewell this week, my boss was like, you know, Sam, one of the things that we, we just honor you for is how you helped other people in, 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 in the organization. You, you raise juniors up, you train them, you encourage them, you bless them. So, so who do you know? Um, you know a lot of people, um, but I want to encourage us to just really dive into those relationships. The other people that are important to know are obviously family and, 
And I think that in this day and age where money can be such a god, um, it's so vital that we get our priorities right. So priority number one is always relationship with God. Priority number two is always family. Job comes after that. And, and you know, so much has been sacrificed on the altar of your career. Um, and, and, and we are in, um, in, in relationship with so many couples and so many other married people where, where really things are tight in the relationship because the career has become a God. And so, and so we need to be aware of that, that ultimately family is so important. But not just natural family, but spiritual family as well. So one of the great things that um, I've practiced since I was a student is this whole thing of accountability partners. So uh, my accountability partners, my life is completely open to them, completely. So um, two or three guys that, um, that we've been walking with for 20 years, they're my best friends, they love the Lord, they love me, they have the same vision of where we're going. You know, they say that um, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And, and, and that's what I'm finding. You know, I'm in that age where a lot of our friends are turning 40 and we're attending 40th birthday parties. And I'm like, wow, some of these people we've been, we went together for decades. Uh, <laughs> the front row is laughing. It's the band, guys. It's the worship team. Don't know what they're laughing about. But, um, um, but yeah, so, so I mean, uh, even my, my accountability partners, I mean, I remember, I remember going to Jolly once, and I said, you know, babes, um, I've got this friend, Harold. Uh, some of you who attended in uh, uh, Every Nation, uh, Rosebank might know him. He's a big, tall uh, Kenyan guy. He really, he's really built, and so he's one of my accountability partners. And I remember just saying to Jolly, you know, Babes, you know, I want to have an open life. And, and you know, if, if you ever feel like I need some correction in my life, you know, there's always my friends, Harold and, and Tabani. And Tabani's much thinner and, you know, he's a, he's a scrawny guy, you know. <laughs> so I remember the one time um, Jolly and I having a fight and, and, and she storms off. And I say, yeah, yeah, and don't come back until you're ready to apologize, you know. <laughs> and then... And then I get, and then I get this phone call, and it's Harold, and he says, uh, "Bro, Jolly tells me you've been misbehaving. What's going on?" <laughs> I was like, "Um, um, um." <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's those relationships that have kept us going. I, I, I say this with all seriousness. I don't think I'd still be married today if it wasn't for my brothers in the Lord who kept me accountable, who kept me going. And, and, and you know, the thing is, I have to be willing to open my heart to them. Um, and, 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 and we have such amazing spiritual family around us uh, in, this, in this church, but we have to be willing to open our hearts to spiritual family, to accountability, to correction, to, to, to discipleship. Um, and, 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 and the thing is that in that chase of that amazing, elusive career, when your marriage is in trouble, when your kids are a mess, when your relationships are just 
going through chaos, you can't actually do your work properly. So, so that very same thing that you're idolizing, that's your career, you, ex you end up actually messing it up by having messed up relationships. I mean, I remember one of my ex-colleagues going through a divorce and literally like she'd get into the office in the morning and she'd cry from like nine till four. I mean, she was a complete wreck. And um, <laughs> that wasn't funny, bro. <laughs> but my point is <laughs> that if your personal life is a mess, you know, your career is going to be a mess as well. And it's going to affect how you perform at work. So, so let's value those relationships. Relationship with God, relationship with family, spiritual family, and then relationship at work in your environment. So then, why here? Who do you know? What do you know? Um, there's, um, there's, a, there's a teaching that's come up, I don't know, maybe in the last 10, maybe 15 years, um, talking about the seven mountains. And the teaching here is around how uh, in, in Genesis, when God is giving a mandate to Adam and Eve, he says to them, be fruitful, be multiply, subdue the earth. And that is our dominion mandate that God has given to his children to basically take his rule and his way, his kingdom into every area of life. So these seven mountains, um, government, media, business, family, education, religion, arts and entertainment. So the seven mountains kind of teaching is that the church has been called to make an impact and to bring, a king, to bring kingdom thinking and God's will and way into all these areas. I think that a lot, I think that one of the, um, one of the thinking patterns that we can get into as Christians is that God is interested in our, in our Sundays and he's keen on, you know, how well did you do in your worship? You know, did you pay your tithe? Did you read your Bible? And then the rest of your life, you can do whatever you want. But I'm here to say, no, God is passionate about all these areas. So if you're in the media industry, if you are looking after kids at home, if you are a pastor, if you are in arts and entertainment, if you're in business, if you're in government, God has a calling for your life to change that, that, that part of, of society. And so what I want to encourage us to do is to really learn about God's view of this. So if I'm an artist, if I'm a pianist, Nolo, what's God's vision for music in society? You know, God's not just excited about Nolo playing music on stage in church. God's excited about her launching her career in the music industry. But what is God's calling to do in the music industry? What is God's purpose and design for arts and entertainment, for education, for business, for government. Um, so, 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 so I've been really just trying to get into reading more and more about this. Um, and also, in terms of what do you know? Do we know what our um, do we know what our sector is about? 
So I'm quite big on, um, on, 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 on podcasts, on blogs, reading about interesting things happening in our industry because I want to have a view. I want to have an opinion. You know, I want to sit around across the table with decision makers and say this is the future of where our industry is going. This is the future of where our country is going and the role that we can play as an industry. So let's become not just kind of nine to five, done my job, forget about work, go home. Let's actually pray to God, get a vision for where we're going, get a vision for what he's calling that particular industry uh, into. The other thing about what do you know is, do you know yourself? <laughs> so <laughs> um, there's a one of one of the resources that I really enjoy is, is the Harvard Business Review. You can sign up, great leadership stuff, great reading stuff. Um, and, and I'm currently reading Manage Yourself uh, through, through the Harvard Business Review. And, um, and, and some of the stuff that they talk about is, you know, know your strengths, know your weaknesses. Something interesting that they're talking about is, are you a listener or a reader? I was like, what? That's a thing? And, and I promise you, I was so freed, right? Because Harvard Business Review says most people are either listeners or readers. So what does that mean? That means that the best way for you to take information in is either listening or reading. And um, I, you know, I had been so condemned in my own mind because I am not a reader. I am not a reader. <laughs> I promise you, until I got to varsity, the only books I read were prescribed by my teachers. You know, some guys at varsity, I was like, yeah, you know, like when I was 11, I was reading Lord of the Rings. You know, it's like a thousand pages. And I'm like, who has time? <laughs> but God is gracious. I've learned that I'm a listener. And I've learned that there's a thing called audiobooks. Hallelujah. <laughs> so I'm addicted to audiobooks. I'm listening to audiobooks all the time, and, um, and, I'm, getting my, and I'm getting my reading. I'm even trying to listen to Lord of the Rings. It's difficult. <laughs> the movie's much better. <laughs> it's quicker. Um, the, other things, uh, the, the other things to know about yourself, and, and, and also this has really helped me in terms of finding my place, is things like, do you work better alone, or do you work better in a team? If you work better in a team, what role do you work best at in a team? Are you great at making decisions? Or are you great at giving advice? Oh, okay. Mpumi is great at making decisions. Awesome. <laughs> um, you know, some of the things that you can learn about yourself, are you better in smaller organizations or big organizations? You know, these kind of things of knowing yourself can be so useful in terms of just as you take that vision that God's given you, just so much better to make those decisions where doors are opening and you say, you know what, that door looks awesome, but it's not me. That's my door. That's the door that, that where I can fit in, where I can play the best role, where I can um, make the best impact. So to end, what is true success? How do we win at work? Um, so for me, I think true success is understanding what is the vision that God has given you. Like, like Joseph's vision of leadership, Joseph's vision to change a nation 
to change an entire region helped him with his success. What are the relationships that bring us into that success? So we spoke about great relationships at work, great relationships at home, great relationships in your spiritual family, and above all, a great relationship with God our Father. Um, and that powerful thing that, that Mel shared today, that, that it all starts with that relationship with our Father, that He's pursuing us for a love relationship. He's pursuing us to, to, to love Him and to co-work with Him. And, 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 um, and, and that's, that's vital. That is such a foundational thing. And, um, and, and I can't stress this enough, guys, that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm also a, a connect group leader, and, um, and we, we've just been walking with guys in connect, and, you know, some have moved on to other connect groups, but, but guys come in broken, marriages are in trouble, and we just gather around them. We feed the Word of God. We give love. And suddenly, oh, wow, okay, me and my wife, don't need counseling anymore. Okay, hey, guess what? Now that my family situation's working well, suddenly I'm able to focus at work. I'm able to bring my whole self to work. Suddenly, guys in our connect group are getting promotions. They're getting open doors. They're getting into new businesses, new jobs. So I can't stress relationships enough. Um, and then again, Last point, knowledge. Um, do we know our, 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 our Bible? Do we know our industry? Do we know what God's called us to? Do we have a vision for our part of society that, that we've been called into? Awesome. Thank you so much, team. Wasn't that amazing, family? Can we give him another round of applause? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to take a moment uh, to pray for us. just want to some things that God highlighted to me as, as Sam was talking is that Joseph found himself in four places. He was in the pit. He was in Potiphar's house. He found himself in the prison. And then he was in the palace. And sometimes in our trajectory or in, our, in the process of getting to the palace, we find ourselves in the pit. Uh, the place of abandonment, of confusion, of not really knowing why am I here, like Sam said. Why am I here? And Joseph found himself at some point in the pit and he asked himself, why am I here? And I think when he remembered the vision that God had given him, it kept him going. That, hey, remember, God has called you to great things. May your vision sustain you. And I think if you find yourself in a pit, in a place where you feel abandoned, a place where you feel like you're not being fruitful, uh, nothing that you're doing is working, I want to encourage you to set your eyes on the vision and let that vision sustain you. And, and he found himself again in Potiphar's house where he was wrongly accused. And maybe some of you here are feeling like that. Like maybe at work, people are accusing you wrongly of things you, you know nothing about. People are talking behind your back about things that you have no idea of. And you find yourself having to justify yourself of things that you don't even know. And they're just accusations from left, right, and center. And Joseph experienced that. But it's important that in that place you understand that, man, I know God and God is going to vindicate me. My relationship with God is important and it is critical in this season when I'm being wrongly accused that God will vindicate me. 
And thirdly, he found himself in prison. But there was necessity for him to know someone and to know himself. He knew that he couldn't compromise on who he was, even though he found himself in prison. And, and I think some of you might feel like you are in a prison in your career, where because of good decisions that you made, but someone was unhappy with the fact that you didn't accept corruption, or you didn't accept the bribe, or you didn't want to do this or that. They have sent you in a place where you don't deserve to be in. And you find yourself like, man, I've done everything good I knew to do. But yet I find myself in a place and the people that I thought weren't working hard enough, the people who are gossiping all the time at work are being promoted. But remember, even when you find yourself in prison, remember, who do you know? You know God and you know people. In a place like a palace where your career is prospering, you're getting promoted, you're growing and things are happening for you. You need the wisdom of God and the leadership to make and continue to make good decisions. And so I want to pray, and the team is here to pray for you. Can we all stand, please? And if you're here, you feel like you're in a pit. And you're in a place where you're questioning, why am I here? Or maybe you are in Potiphar's house, or in the prison, or in the palace. At each of these stages, God has a plan for you. And I want you to put your hand on your heart. And I'm going to go, Pastor Andrew is going to pray. And please, Sam, can you also come forward and just, and just pray and just release the blessings of God at each stage of your life. God has a plan. Remember in the pit that there's a vision God has given you. That do not lose sight of the why you're there. You might be experiencing persecution and trouble or being wrongly accused. Remember, you know God and God is going to bring vindication for you. Thank you, Lord. Well, I, I felt like Pastor Sam shared such a powerful word and there's a grace on you at the moment, bro, um, and an anointing on you for this. So I'm going to ask you to pray and release that as someone who's living in this world. Father, thank you for this family. Thank you, Lord, that we are connected to you and connected to each other, Lord Jesus. Lord, we just release breakthrough over every single person in this room today, even those in our spiritual family that are on holiday, Lord Jesus. We release breakthrough in our careers, breakthrough in our finances, Lord God, breakthrough in the vision that you've called us to, Lord God. Lord God, I release new influence lord new levels of influence lord god new levels of wisdom lord god wisdom before our year, be, beyond our years lord god father even those old dreams that have died lord god we we speak resurrection resurrection in jesus name thank you lord thank you father father even healing healing from those wounds that have been inflicted in the workplace lord god i release healing in jesus name healing in jesus name thank you father thank you for your grace thank you for your wisdom lord god thank you for vision reawoken in jesus name thank you lord